Hey, fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching. Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy nation. Dot. I assume Tom. Today, I am speaking with Paul Fishbein, the executive producer and writer of Skin: A History of Nudity in Films. Uh, Paul, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having us. Having oh. me, not us. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the guys come in later on today. Yeah, there you go. You know, um, you were you had originally produced X-rated, the greatest adult films of all time, and the Sex Awards, and a couple of other documentaries related to nudity. Uh, what was it that was that's so significant that nude films play such a role in your life? Well, full disclosure, my, in my previous life, I was the founder publisher of AVN, ah. Adult Video News. Mm-hmm. And if, if you heard of the AVN Awards in Las Vegas, that was my uh, concoction. And I sold our sold the company uh, about 10 years ago and always really wanted to be a filmmaker. And it was just because I had a relationship with the Showtime networks that I got the opportunity to do those two adult shows, those adult documentaries, because they were broadcasting the AVN awards every year and still are to this day. Uh, So that was sort of like my gentle entree into filmmaking. Then the most recent, and I've done some TV shows, but then the most recent thing was Time Warp, the greatest cult films of all time, which is a three-part deep dive look at the history of cult movies. It's out now. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it really sort of is, is a bona fide film buff thing. So really like doing these things for film buffs. And it just sort of dawned on us that in the age of Me Too, it seemed like things were changing and we wanted to kind of explore what, what, what was changing. And what we found is that, that it changes in, it's changing in Hollywood since the early days, since the silent era, when there was nudity and how there was a whole period of censorship in America from the mid from 1934 all the way into the sixties where nudity was not allowed. And it sort of seemed like an interesting contradiction to what was happening on television with all the streaming and, 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 and cable shows now with all this nudity that's on TV, what really is the history of, of Hollywood and, and naked people? And so we did a deep dive and uh, came out with this documentary, and it's sort of a combination of something that's sexy, but it's also more like a college course, too. Right. You know, it, has, it sort of has, it's sort of, you know, somewhere in the middle of that. Right. Skin felt like it could have been its own docu-series rather than just a two-hour documentary, you know. You had the silent era, you had pre-code, code, and et cetera, et cetera, moving on. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned to somebody, because people always talk about wholesome aspects of family entertainment, and then we found out that there's been a lot of dirty shenanigans going, and to use the word uh, politely rather than, than overtly, um, you know, when it came to child actors, when it came to family networks, when it came to all sorts of other things, including Me Too, and in professional wrestling most recently, the Speak Out movement and whatever else, that I had told everybody the mo- the cleanest industry in all of entertainment seems to be pornography because it's right out there in the open. And you know what level of debauchery is going on because it's clear and present in front of everybody rather than behind the scenes. Um, and people, yeah, and people own it and they're and they're they're adults making adult choices and they're clear about what they're doing. And, you know, it's a matter of free speech at that point. Yeah, and it it is, and you know, if you don't have to watch it if you don't want to watch it. Um, it's you know, we have a guy that has gone to the AVN Awards on our side who writes a column called Adult Continuity, 
and uh, it basically takes uh, genre adult films. And we said we want you to focus on the storytelling in relation to the cospe- uh, the uh, uh, comic books or science fiction that it's uh, that it's parodying, and right. put it in continuity and see how close it is to the actual comic or, or you know sci-fi films that they were inspired right. by. Um, right. You know, and I think it's just interesting that that people like, you know, if if people want to watch it, let them. You know, once they're of a certain age, I like I said, it's uh, it's that. But this documentary itself is more historical based. It's not, you know, trying to be graphic. It's not trying to be gratuitous. Although it mentions quite a few of those movies, and you go mm-hmm. through the genres themselves, like women in prison movies, teen sex comedies, horror movies. You know, the slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of the, with all of that, what was like the toughest ones to include and exclude in this documentary? Cause you have two hours, but you have 120 years of cinema. Well, the one, the one thing was that, um, the one thing we wanted to get to because, and it seems to be something that everybody's reacting to and we're getting some comments is that people didn't really know that back in the silent era through, through the twenties into the thirties. Hollywood was all debauchery itself. There was no, there was no, there was no guidelines. And so it was getting crazy both on screen and off screen. And there was so much nudity and there was so many scandals that were going on off screen that, that it was Hollywood that, um, you know, the the studios that decided to to put put together a production code. It was actually, you know, uh, driven by the Catholic League. And so it sort of came from that religious point of view. And then the the Hayes Code came into play. And there was literally one man who was censoring Hollywood movies for the next 30 years. And it was just, it was just nothing. I mean, even the most slight innuendo was cut out. You know, no language, no nudity, even sex or nudity off screen was cut out. It was it was crazy. And the truth of the matter was that it would have stayed like that, except there were a bunch of maverick filmmakers in the late 50s and 60s who decided, you know what? We don't care about the distribution. We're going to make the movies we want. They broke the code. Filmmakers like Doris Wishman, Russ Meyer, Herschel Gordon Lewis started making these these films that, you know, basically pushed the envelope and. By the time the mid-60s rolled around, the code had crumbled, and that's why you now have an MPAA for the rating system, because the production code was done, and then it was going to be, you know, the Wild West all over again. So, of course, the, you know, the MPAA came into play and sort of created, you know, the rating system, and of course, as we know, the pornography business stole the X rating and made it their own, so they had to come up with NC-17. So, um, you know, it's kind of... Like like you said, what's the hardest thing? None of it was hard. What was tough was we had to cut a lot of what we would call not gratuitous, but additional scenes. I mean, so many modern actors and actresses have done nude scenes that may not have done it in years earlier, but we just didn't want to seem gratuitous. So even though we had we had um, you know Anne Hathaway and we had Jennifer Lawrence and we had uh, Reese Witherspoon, we had talked about their nude scenes and showed their nude scenes, it started to feel gratuitous to us. Like, we get the point, you know. We know there was nudity, and we know everybody's doing it. It's not important to show it, because you know what? You can go on the internet and find it if you really want to. Right. It's more important to get put everything in context and tell a story that really has never been told before, and that's this sort of, this, this sort of not normal subject about, about, our, uh, about the movie industry. Right. 
with the code itself and how it how it rose and everything else, and we know you know the fatty Arbuckle scandal. We knew Charlie Chaplin had multiple affairs and was uh, was responsible for um, raising a child or financially raising a child that wasn't his when they found after they took the paternity test, and you know various murders and the Black Dahlia and things of that sort. Do you think that the code itself um, not necessarily hindered art? but rather gave rise to debauchery behind the scenes rather than in front of the camera and made things worse because now it was hidden away? Well, I don't, I don't think so because it was there. It was there while the, while the debauchery was on screen as well. Um, I, just think that, I just think that all the industry could do was clean up what they were putting out into the public. Mm-hmm. I think there was so much, you know, there was such an uprise. Remember, we're talking about 1934. Right. There was such an uprise against Hollywood that the studios were afraid they were going to lose this golden business. They were they were just killing it. You know, mm-hmm. remember, the movies, the movies were a very young industry. And so they were making so much money that they would rather fall, you know, fall into line with what the what the what the um, government wants to do. And that censor it rather than maybe possibly losing the entire business. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what was going on. The debauchery, well, listen, we still have scandals today. We've always had scandals in Hollywood. I mean, I live out here, not not in Hollywood, but pretty close. And it's, you know, it's it's going on every day, uh, pre-pandemic, of course. Right. And 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 to, to, to be to be truthful, I don't know necessarily know that Hollywood films from 1934 to the 60s really are affected by not having the nudity in the language because there's some pretty amazing, great classic films made during those years. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Dante, the director, makes the point in, in our documentary that you don't have to, you, you can prove, the code prove you don't have to have the nudity. Obviously, I'd rather filmmakers have total freedom and audiences have total freedom to choose, but I don't think that the code affected it in a negative way, but I think it just, it just, it was a censorship thing, mm-hmm. which was bad, but I don't think it affected the quality of films being made. I got you. Like to me, if, if it's adult orientated and it's for adults, it's one thing. I just don't want it permeating or infecting uh, family entertainment or children entertainment, you know, especially kids, uh, kids films. But, of course. Um, you know, and I think there needs to be a distinction of that. Um, but w- with everything that's going on, when you guys finally decided to make this documentary, you know, because you had done one on pornography, and now it's just, hey, here's Jane Mansfield, here's Marilyn Monroe, you know, uh, the squeaky clean image of Hollywood isn't necessarily as squeaky clean as people want it to be. You know, you mentioned that you mentioned the scandals, but the films themselves. I mean, we go back to Wings. Wings probably had uh, the first uh, homosexual kiss on on camera. Yes. Um, in a major motion picture that wasn't uh, pornography back then. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, look, look, when we talk about the scandals today, when we decided to make the film, we knew we were running up against a new world with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And instead of making believe it didn't exist, we wanted to tackle it head on. And we wanted to find out, well, what is it like shooting nude scenes in this new era? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, and we think it was important. And so we, that's why... You, when you watch the movie, it's kind of bookended by that discussion so that you kind of understand that we're not, we're not in, we're not in a vacuum here. We're not, you know, we're aware of it and we wanted to sort of deal with it right on. But just because the Me Too movement is happening doesn't mean you can't discuss the nudity, as you can see by all the actresses and actors who were willing to talk about it with us. So, 
You know, uh, you guys touched upon the movie Star 80, which was based on an actual Playboy Playmate uh, who was tragically murdered by her husband. Um, you know, and clearly we can use the phrase psychopathic a, at this point. Um, you know, the the purpose of the nudity fit the film because it was, um, you know, a Playboy Playmate and half her life was spent in front of the camera nude like that. Um, but when you come to films like at some point, you know, you mentioned you guys didn't want to be gratuitous in, hey, here's so-and-so topless, here's somebody else topless, here's somebody else that's nude. Uh, when it was movies like Meatballs, you know, the original one, or Porky's, you know, that trilogy or whatever else, you know, the teen sex comedies, at some point did it become gratuitous to where people making the films are like, all right, we've seen this type of film already? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, if something's successful, what's the first thing that happens? People copy it. Uh, and once people were getting away with it, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High being the, the, the sort of prime example, or maybe the best example of the teen sex comedies or high school comedies. I mean, once that happens and, 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 it, and it becomes box office and people are excited about it, of course they're going to, you know, put, put nude scenes in. And I think you, you saw the film – there's a couple of actresses that sort of describe what happens. Like we have to have this many nude scenes. I think um, Martha Coolidge explains that in Valley Girl, she had to have three nude scenes right. and otherwise they wouldn't have let her make the film. So, I mean, you know, it, it's always a matter of art versus art versus uh, business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously business in Hollywood is going to be the first order of the day. So something successful, let's copy it as fast as we can, you know? Right. And E.G. Daly talked about how she's immortalized with it from Valley Girls and from some of her other films on the Internet. And she just doesn't want to be didn't want to be recognized as the pair of breasts that sold the distribution deal. Right. And and, 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 and Diane Franklin says, I don't want to be known as the actress that just does nude scenes because that's all she got offered after Last American Virgin. Right. So, I mean, it definitely affected their careers. Some in a positive way, some in a negative way, it definitely affected some of their personal lives as well. I think the most interesting thing that I didn't necessarily touch upon in the documentary, but it wasn't significant to it with Diane Franklin and Last American Virgin, is that the story is a dramedy in the sense that, yes, there's campy humor in there, but the fact that she gets knocked up by the best friend and he ditches her when he finds out she's pregnant to then... The nerdy guy is the one that hawks his parents' stereo equipment, throws a party to pay for her abortion, and then she ditches him again for the guy that left her when she was pregnant. It sounds like high school to me. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's not a nice world out there. Right. <laughs> you know, but it but you know, movies like that touch upon things that were more realistic rather than, you know, again, like I said meatballs. Where it's just, or, or you know, porkies, yeah, right. where it's just gratuitous. Right. Well, again, you know, again, I mean, you can go through the litany of Hollywood and you can go <laughs> look at any genre of film and you can find the examples of, oh, this was taken seriously and well done. And this is just like, exploitative. So, right. you know, no difference here, I think. Right. And, you know, I'm again, I'm not taking sides on this. I'm not ragging on anything. I'm just, you know, asking questions from a perspective that either might be more sure. conservative or, more, or might be more liberal. And it seems uh, the gentleman who directed um, Cameron, some, it, it's slipping me. It's slipping my mind at the moment. But where he said, you know, initially the objections would have come from the more conservative right have now started to come from more 
liberal left in that it's being considered more exploitive than uh, than artistic. Uh, at some point, where does it cross the line from from art to exploitation? Uh, such a subjective thing. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. Um, I, I, let, 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 let me phrase it this way. If it is exploitative, that's OK, too, because I believe in free speech mm-hmm. and the remedy, the remedy for what you think is bad speech is good speech. So if, if something's exploitative, it can be called out. It's so subjective when you talk about people who do nudity and they say, well, I'll do nudity as long as it's in line with what the character wants. So like you use Star, Star 80 as an example. I mean, Mariel Hemingway, she knew she had to be naked because she was playing Dorothy Stratton, a Playboy playmate. And so she accepted that. And it wasn't exploitative, even though she's naked in it a lot. Whereas you could literally see a movie that has where, where the nude scene just happens and you're very sure that it wasn't necessary. And the only reason they were showing it is because some producer wanted to get the girl naked on camera or the guy naked on, on camera. And you can tell it's exploitative. But to me, I can't, you know, whether it crosses that line or not, it's, it's irrelevant because every movie is subjective and you make a choice whether you like it or not. And you give your reasons why you like it or not. And as long as it's consenting adults performing in these in these uh, movies, then then who are we to judge, really, except just have an opinion? Right. And again, we need to point out consenting adults because, you know, these films aren't intended for children and the stuff that is targeted towards children is uh, completely unacceptable. Well, yeah, it literally has to be performed by consenting adults Mm -hmm. and consumed by consenting adults. And that's why they have a rating system. As, as as toothless as it can be, the rating system, it still at least provides somewhat of a guide. I mean, I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I know what an R-rated movie is, and so I make the choice whether or not she can see it. So at least I have some information. And I think it's, you know, it's it's, it's applicable here, too. Right. You know, uh, Paul, with everything that's going on now, you know, like I said, Me Too, Speak Out, et cetera, et cetera, in, in, these, in these movements, um, how has it changed from trying to get the actress naked? Like quite a few of the actresses had mentioned in the documentary. I mean, even Linda Blair talked about chained heat where they continuously rewrote the script from what it was intentionally to be, to be a woman in prison film to, um, you know, society being more acceptable of it because we were born naked. We die naked, but it's everything that's in between that kind of matters. Well, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's born in the Me Too movement. It's, it's what we're talking about. It's when you're a young girl and you're on set and it's, it's in the seventies and they say, you know, we need you to be naked in this scene. And she says, it's not in my contract. Then they say, well, we'll give you an extra 50 bucks or whatever. Or they say, well, then you're not going to be in the movie. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot they could do. These were not union shoots. They weren't. And the union back then wasn't as strong as it is now. That's what the Me Too movement is about. It's about a safe workplace for people. It's 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 consent. It's knowing what you're going to do before you do it. And I don't think you can get away with it today. But I'll bet you, when you look at all those exploitation films of the 70s and even into the 80s, I'll bet you that happened every day. And an actress then was forced to make a choice. Do I want the money or do I want to be cut out of the film? And it's unscrupulous and it's wrong and it's disgusting. And I think it has been... Is they being dealt with as we speak with the Me Too movement and with the strengthening of the unions? And, you know, you know, you kind of hope that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But 
I'm sure it still does. You know, well, I'm, 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 you got to be right. Well, as we inch our way to better circumstances, you know, that's a positive note. Uh, before yeah. I let you go, uh, with Skin premiering um, August 18th on VOD and DVD. Um, no, not DVD. Um, not no. DVD yet. I'm sorry, just, just VOD. VOD. Yeah. yeah, you can rent it or buy it. You know, Amazon <laughs> and iTunes, Apple, Hulu, okay. all those places. So. Um, with, with that being said, and it's coming out on the 18th, uh, how do you see the future of us being able to protect our actors uh, and actresses in choosing to do nude scenes versus being coerced into doing nude scenes for the film? Well, I think that's happening. I mean, you notice we interviewed Alicia Rodas, who's an intimacy coordinator, who is now hired on TV shows and films to be an advocate for the actors for the nude scenes to make sure that the nude scenes are done professionally, that the nude scenes are done comfortably, and that if they were not in their contract, that they're not to do nude scenes. And now there's multiple of these intimacy coordinators and all the big studios are hiring them now. So I think on like the big studio side, I think it's good. I think where you worry is the small little independent films where, you know, it's not union and it's, it's, you know, $150,000 budget. It's being shot at a warehouse in, in Canoga park. And, you know, they bring in some actresses who are desperate to get in and, and they, you know, they, they don't tell them that there's topless scenes and then they tell them they have to be topless and then they fire them if they don't, if they won't do the scene. And that's got to stop. And, I think that the more the political side of it, the Me Too movement, the, the, the broader it is and the louder it gets and the more, the, you know, everybody, you know, beats the, beats, the, uh, beats the drum on that, I think it will uh, improve. I don't know if it'll ever go away, but, you know, if it, if it, in the porn industry, if they've made it pretty much go away, I think in mainstream Hollywood they can do that as well. Well, let's hope they, they follow suit and it becomes uh... – you know, the image uh, behind the scenes comes as positive as the image in front of the camera. Uh, Paul Fishbein, yeah, Paul Fishbein, thank you so much uh, for talking to me today. Uh, Skin, a history of nudity in movies is out on VOD on August 18th. Uh, if we, people want to connect uh, with the, with the documentary or with you on social media, where can they look? Uh, we have a, we have a, I per, you know what, just personally, Paul Fishbein, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, but I don't don't use it much. So you can just find me on Twitter, and it's uh, at, I think it's at Paul Fishbein Seven. And then if not, you get me on Facebook. So I'll be happy to respond. Perfect. And for people that need to know, Fishbein is spelled F-I-S-H-B-E-I-N. Yep. Thank All you. Right. And hey, I appreciate you having me. I really do. Yeah, the pleasure was mine to talk to you. I, you know, it's uh, things are very interesting right now. I'm glad things are getting cleaned up. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of scandals as of late in Hollywood, and uh, especially when it's come to the kids, which bothers me more than anything. And, I'm on uh, that page with you, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when it starts with the adults and it trickles down, people start noticing what's going on with the kids as well. I want the children to be protected more than anybody else. That's my biggest concern. I'm with you on that. I appreciate that. All right, Paul, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon.